the time nor the space, a podcast about Doctor Who, more or less. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the inquisitive Matt. Hello. So, uh, I say more or less, because today we're not actually talking about any episodes of Doctor Who. Yeah, we're out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I definitely am. I think this whole podcast is out of your comfort zone <laughs> to a large extent. But you were quite keen to do this one, weren't you? To, yeah. Um, I think yeah. initially, season two, Doctor Who, all about Torchwood. Yes. But when we get to it, not about Torchwood, the programme. Yes, <laughs> so, it's, it's, not the, it's not the sort of natural backdoor pilot yeah. lead-in that you think it's yeah. going to be. So I was keen to watch Torchwood, and then Sarah Jane Adventures just seemed as the logical next step. Yeah. Like a gateway drug before we watch K9 and Company. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, and I mean, I was quite excited at the prospect of doing Sarah Jane Adventures in particular because it's one corner of, of the new Who universe that I've never even dipped a toe in. Um, I, I dismissed it at the time for being just a bit, you know, I didn't, it was on CBBC and, you yeah. know, I'm a grown adult man. Why would I want to watch something like that? But as I've eased into. I guess I'm approaching middle age, yeah. early middle age. I've, I've stopped caring yeah. so much about what, what I... If, if something's interesting to me, I'm going to watch it. So, uh, And increasingly, I've been thinking, oh, I should probably just give it a go at and least. When we started watching Doctor Who, yeah. I think the biggest problem I had was it wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Whereas here... We've basically got two spin-offs. One is Doctor Who for kids. One's a more adult Doctor Who. Yeah, basically. So I, yeah, I had an idea what we were getting into. Yes, yeah, and and I think it helps as well that they are, of course, they're both spin-offs that were initiated by Russell T Davis. So mm-hmm. they are very specifically uh, spinning out of his version of Doctor Who, if you like, his interpretation. Yeah, uh, and his corner of that universe. So. It's quite a natural progression in a lot of ways, and it's it's interesting to see what RTD as a writer. We've seen what he what his vision of a family friendly adults and kids version of Doctor Who is. Mm-hmm. So now this is his chance to be like, oh well, if we if we pitch more towards kids or more towards grown ups, and I do think you get a sense of where his mindset's at for both of those audiences yeah. by looking at these. So. I mean, another reason I was quite keen to watch these yeah is sometimes i've been critical of doctor who for when it's been really goofy and childlike uh-huh. so i was quite keen to see a more adult version yeah but then i also never satisfied criticize it when it takes itself too seriously so i was quite keen to see like a more childish version Fantastic. So, yeah, so I think it's going to be a worthwhile endeavour, and I'm sure we'll have some interesting things to say about it. But we're probably not going to go quite as in-depth, otherwise this mm-hmm. episode will end up being, like, three hours long, which is yeah. no fun for anyone. So the question then is, like, which of the two are we going to uh, talk about first? I, I'm erring towards Sarah Jane, yeah. I think. let's start there. So we watched the... It's not technically series one episode one i think it's not and it's not exactly that it was a backdoor pilot i think it had already been greenlit for the series but they basically started with a christmas special sometime prior to the main series starting i say christmas special there's nothing christmasy about it and it aired on new year's day so new year's special well holiday special yeah first of january 2007 right invasion of the bane Invasion of the Bane, yeah. And it completely passed me by uh, back then. I don't know what I was doing 
Um, it was New Year's Day, hungover. Nah, I don't think I was drinking at the time. Really? Yeah. Would have been my first New Year in uni. Right. I'd have been a right mess. <laughs> yeah, no, I was weird. I didn't drink all through uni. Whilst I was there, decided to go teetotal for a while. Bit no. odd. When we say drink, <laughs> were you drinking bubble shock? I was not drinking bubble shock. So bubble no. shock is sort of the key sort yes. of hook for this episode. Yeah. Like, so we get like a little introduction from Sarah Jane yeah. about adventure. And straight away we get like a hard cut to an advert for bubble shock. Yes. Which yeah. from what I can gather is just Fanta. It looks but like Fanta, doesn't with it? With alien brains in it. Yeah. Pretty much. Out. Yeah. It's, and it's like... Already, I get... Okay, you get the sense that this is definitely... It has that CDDC flavour to it. I would We reference the Demon Headmaster a lot. Yeah. Because it's such a touchstone for us and our generation. But I get that vibe from this straight away. Like, that, that you've got this kind of sinister advert going on in the background. And it's just everywhere, permeating yeah. the thing. So you're left under no illusions what's going to be the big bad for this... Episode. I think it was when we discussed school reunion when Sarah Jane yes. is reintroduced. Yeah. I said that my understanding of the Sarah Jane adventures was it was a children's program. Yeah. I thought she was going to be like a young girl. And we uh-huh. sort of get that, but it's not Sarah Jane. It's, no. It's Maria. Yes. Yeah. Who has basically moved house. Yeah, because I think her parents are splitting up. Yeah, but like. like it was hard to discern that because yes, yeah. they're so nice to each other yeah. that you sort of think, well, why why are they separated? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and you they, do. But... Basically, they're just all hanging out and then her mum just goes, oh, I'm going home now. Yeah. I don't live here. We're separated. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? That's one of the things that I want to actually praise this uh, episode for because um, too often in media, I think, divorces are played as a source of acrimonious drama unnecessarily. Yeah. It's something that I also praise the Ant-Man series of films for because mm-hmm. I think they they are really really good at showing what a modern slightly complicated family can be like and that the, having those complications doesn't necessarily mean that everybody hates each other's guts. Like, I, I guess this is more resonant for me because um, to get, not where I want to get too personal my parents are divorced and yeah. um, they still hang out with each other, uh, and you know, are perfectly amiable with one another. One another, like my mum, will sometimes give my dad's wife a lift to work <laughs> and stuff like that. So you know, there's no kind of animosity there, mm. and I think that's obviously every divorce is different, and there are lots where it, it is kind of a lot more awkward than that, but. Because it doesn't necessarily make for easy drama, yeah, those kinds of divorces don't often get yeah. shown on I, TV. I, I think so... what, what I'm sort of trying to say is, usually, just to hammer home the point that, oh no, my mum and dad have split up, Yeah, in any other CBB programme, they'd like be at each other's throats. Yes, yeah. So, like I say... it. I had, it had to sort of hold my hand through that to explain yeah, that point. Yeah, no, I, I do think it's kind of buried a bit in the dialogue and it's not helped by the way they've characterised the mum. Is She's this kind of woman who talks a million miles a second and doesn't yeah. listen to what anyone else is saying. Yeah. So 
it's hard to kind of pick up on what she's actually talking <laughs> yeah, about because definitely. um but again actually i do quite like that as a form of characterization because i think we've all met people like that in yeah. our lives and and they are a bit of a nightmare to deal <laughs> with so it kind of makes sense um so, anyway yeah whilst they're moving into their new house we find out sarah jane lives next door yeah now if you had no idea uh, no concept of doctor who uh-huh. you'd just be like she's she's odd isn't she She's just like, she's she's almost dislikable because they're just like, hello, and she's like, I must go home. Leave me yeah, alone. I've got to go home. Yeah, no, she is. She's brusque um, yeah. with them, and I think, you know, obviously, the the we we have the context. We know why she's maybe a bit odd and a bit yeah. standoffish. She's probably people. got a lay by to sit in and drink some cheap <laughs> wine with K and I, but. Really, the reason she needs to get home is that night she's got an appointment just with yeah. a fairy in yeah, her garden. Basically. So Maria's woken up, there's like yeah. mental light. Yeah. Amazingly, no one else wakes up. Yeah. Maria, just in the middle of the night, leaves her house. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever done that. Oh, she's got spunk, that girl, though, hasn't she? Like, that's, that's kind of the thing. She's got gumption. She's, she's got so. a bloody breaking and entering on her <laughs> record because she just got, lets herself into Sarah Jane's garden. Yeah. Sees Sarah Jane talking to this weird fairy thing. I guess it's I mean it's meant to be an alien, but it's it's yeah. obviously they they are leaning into the sort of magical type of alien that you'll occasionally get on Doctor Who, so yeah. Yeah. No, it has a bit of a Harry Potter vibe to it. The next day when she wakes up, we're introduced to who you said was your favourite character, Kelsey. <laughs> yes, I was <laughs> saying that repeatedly in the car on the way here. Um, an absolute delight of a character, start to finish. She's the worst. <laughs> like, she lets herself yeah. into their house to use the broadband. <laughs> yeah. Now, everyone knows when you move house, your broadband doesn't get set up for yeah. nearly two weeks. Yeah. And I'm just putting my note, she is awful. She is yeah. everything that's wrong with teenagers, <laughs> isn't she? She is, but she's obviously been written to be that way. And I do actually think I, I credit the writers and the, uh, the actor, I don't know her name, lazy to look it up but but yeah. i think she does a good job with the, with that character because that's not an easy kind of character to play someone who's who's especially when you're young who's that forceful and, and stuff like that so i think a good find for that character yeah um, if the intentions for her to be dislikable it works i think so or at least not necessarily i wouldn't go as far as saying dislikable but just that kind of very bolshy very like in your face kind kind of character. For, for me, yeah. she's in the same bin as Adam and Ursula. Oh, really? Yeah. She, she wound you up that much. Because, yeah. yeah. of course, they then get the bubble shock bus. Yeah, now this is... like, what? Okay. At this point, yeah. what is going on? Okay, right. So, that that is the moment at which you realise, oh, yeah, no, they made this for CBBC. Even yeah. Doctor Who at its dumbest would yeah. not... So, so lazy as to come up with something like the free, bubble shock bus. A free bus to get you into town. Yeah. You get free bubble shock to drink. On the bus. Everything yeah. is bubble shock themed. It will only take you to the bubble shock factory. Yeah. Um, so that, you can that, have that, a bubble shock point. tour. Why are they all obsessed with going to a factory? <laughs> like, the whole bus. And I, yeah. I know yeah. as the story progresses, we yeah. find out that bubble shock isn't all it's cracked up to be. Let me think. Where where we live, right? In the drive yeah. from my house to yours. Yeah. When I pick you up. Yeah. 
we pass a sausage factory. Uh-huh. Yeah. Heck branded sausages. Yeah, we do. People can work out where we live now. Yeah. If I said to you, David, big surprise, you're going to love it. <laughs> it's eyeballs and arseholes yeah. getting processed. Yeah. Let's go to the sausage factory. Yeah, bearing in mind I'm vegetarian. Well, <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus, if I said, "Do you want to come to the sausage factory?" There's, and in your yeah, we don't need. Indeed. But a few years ago, uh, we always seem to discuss our uni days. Yeah, no, go on. Whilst I was at university, girl I was seeing at the time for yeah. Valentine's Day, I took her to Cadbury's World. All right. Yeah. Okay. I went to uni near Birmingham. We went there. Yeah. It's boring. It's just literally <laughs> conveyor belts of chocolate bars. Yeah. Going past. And at the end, you get a chocolate bar. It's not a brilliant draw, is it? I actually, I, I went um, for, I, I mean, I can give you the whole context if you really need it, but it's not that interesting. But um, for whatever reason, I once ended up on a tour of the Ginster's Patsy Factory. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, you say, oh, wow. There is Did... no, oh, wow about no. it. <laughs> you, you can imagine. I, I said, oh, past... wow, because I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine what a pasty Did you get the Ginster's like. bus to get there? No, we didn't. We just got a regular bus. <laughs> and, do you know what? For all I've slated, I hate, well, not that I hate, but I wouldn't enjoy going around the factory. Yeah. If it's on, I love watching how it's made. Yeah, that's the thing. I think a factory tour is interesting enough. Like, and you know, I'm sad. Enough, I've been on the occasional brewery tour and stuff mm. like that. That's all right. But going it's... every week, as these children are, it to the reminded me of the episode of The Simpsons where they go to the box factory. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, who wants to go see the industrial processes of making a carbonated drink? Multiple times. That's the thing that gets me. It's the fact that they're co- they're all return customers. Yeah. Like, um, what's the name of the the our main girl? I forget. Maria. Maria. She's like the only one who hasn't done it before. Yeah. And that's because she's new to town. Because it's apparently what all the kids do in this neighbourhood. I, I can't remember the statistic, but isn't yeah. it something like seven percent of people don't like bubble? Shop? I think it's just two percent. Is it two percent? But yeah. Um, and, and they think it's like a genetic problem, mm. basically, that they're working to crack. And so, yeah, they're going through, they're scanning them. We get our first sense that, they're, you know, they're actually, you know, taking their, their biological data for nefarious purposes and et cetera, et cetera. Yada, yada. Evil company, obviously run by aliens. Yeah. But. Because. Yeah. While, whilst they're getting shown round, I forget the character's name. I've just written awful tour guide. Yes. He's. He, Speaking of dislikeable, yeah. he's not great. He's but, yeah, he's uh, uh, he's just got that. He's just slimy, isn't he? He's just a slimy fella. Yeah. And when we discussed school reunion, yeah, and you explained to me how Sarah Jane came to possess K nine, yes, through K nine and company, yeah. How has she got a sonic screwdriver lipstick? Oh, that can fuck right off. Like that can fuck the fuck off. That that, that just seems okay. like absolute Deus Ex Machina. It's just like, yeah. oh, how am I ever going to break in here? Oh, I've got this magic lipstick. Okay. And the yeah. thing is, as well, it's such a drawn out cliche. You, yeah. you think of the James Bond films where the femme fatale has yeah. lipstick that's uh, secretly a yeah. gun. I think. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's two two reasons why that really really pissed me off. That you and you basically covered them both. But okay. The Sonic Screwdriver, for one, it's overused in the modern series anyway. Uh, that's a bit of a bugbear of mine. Um, but increasingly, it's just like a magic wand. And they will use it to, to get around any plot element. Where they've written themselves into a corner, 
wave the sonic screwdriver and then we're out of the, the, the mm-hmm. fix that annoys me um but also the lipstick thing uh, and so so yeah no to backtrack so i feel like it cheapens the sonic screwdriver even more if anyone can have one yeah at le- you need to at least make it fairly unique to the doctor as a character in order to justify having it do you know what i mean mm. so giving it to and i'm not trying to downgrade sarah jane or say she's not as important a character or anything, but give her something unique to her rather than just basically turning her into a facsimile version of the doctor yeah. no like giving absolutely. her the same tool we we, um, we discussed this when we were talking about doomsday yeah where you were saying they basically just turned the cybermen into the Daleks. Yeah. You know, they had this catchphrase yeah, and yeah, everything yeah. was just yeah. running parallel. Yeah. Which, that, again, that one, yeah, that wound me up. Um, and also the, the lipstick aspect of it, making it a sonic lipstick. Mm. I, one of the things I like about Sarah Jane Smith as a character is when she's first introduced in the classic series, she is an investigative journalist and she is a staunch feminist. Mm. Those are her key defining features that's the kind of like shorthand version of that character and she gets more freshed out as the series goes on but she's not a girly girl yeah there there had been girly girl companions prior Mm -hmm. to sarah jane smith um but which isn't to say that she's a complete tomboy either but she doesn't strike it's a bit of a reductionism yeah it it is and it's not it's not like part of the, the key characterization of her in this series is the fact that she's never really moved on from the Doctor, she's never had relationships. I don't really see lipstick and makeup being a key feature in her life. So, now, If uh, it was 2007, yeah. what would you rather she had? A Nokia 3210 <laughs> with the crazy frog? <laughs> I would rather she had, I don't know, some kind of little alien knickknack that hmm. she's plundered from a spaceship and maybe, like, it's it's got one charge in it, or something like Especially, that. Especially, we've seen her in this episode conversing with an alien. Yeah. Why not just say, oh, the alien gave me it? Yeah. Um, uh, but crucially, I would want something that doesn't have the same power as yeah. the Sonic oh, Trader. Absolutely. Something that can't just, you know, be a magic one. And, I, and I'm really concerned, if I do go forward with the series, that that's going to wind me up, because it's just going to be Sonic Lipstick to solve yeah. every problem. Anyway, rant over. Yeah. So, yeah. whilst everybody's having their security scans, yeah. there's a weird body under a sheet. Oh, yes, there is. Yeah. Now, we're going to talk about this, Yeah. but we'll save that. Yeah, you just get that time. little tease, that sort of Frankenstein's monster. So it's been overseen yeah. by Mrs. Wormwood, yeah. who meets Sarah Jane. Yeah. And they, at this point, just basically tell you everything that's going on. <laughs> You know, if if you if you're unaware what's going on, yeah. So Sarah Jane just outright asks Wormwood what planet she's from. Yeah. Wormwood orders Sarah Jane's death. So yeah. you know straight away they're the bad guys. Yeah, they're evil aliens. So there, there is not there is no subtlety. No, I think even this. at this point they <laughs> they're introduced as the Bane. Yes. Yeah. It, it, and and that's having already like and I wanted to mention this one of the things that I. <laughs> I actually quite like in a in a sort of cheesy way on the advert where it says contains Bane. Yeah. Like 
Like, why would you put that there? Like, you know what that word... That is an ominous word. Yeah, it has buying... no pleasurable connotations. <laughs> what, who is buying that product? Oh, yeah. I, I, I love my little bane drink. <laughs> so, whilst that's happening... Okay. Yeah. Your favourite character, Kelsey... Yes. ...walks away from the tour group because she's got to go ring Suki. <laughs> yeah. Just whatever yeah and it triggers an alarm so there's no form of telecommunication yeah they've, they, they've asked for them to switch their phones off whilst they're because it's obviously disrupts their systems and this is the first time we see the bane mother yeah just a big old eye monster yeah kind of lovecraftian i feel yeah. like yeah very technically um and also she's like stuck on the ceiling and immediately i was like oh we're going back to the jagrafest well are we yeah that's where my mind went. But yeah. also, there's... I think I'm right in saying, in the Marvel Universe, there's a creature called Shumigorath, I think it's pronounced. Right, okay, yeah. Okay, if you've ever played Marvel vs. Capcom, it's a character in there. And it, it basically looks exactly the same. Big eye, tentacles. Yeah. But fair dues, you know, I, the CGI on it, not brilliant. But it's a low-budget CBBC show. What are you going to yeah. do? From there... The boy under the sheet wakes up. Yeah. Meets Maria. I yeah. think she's gone looking for Kelsey. The alarm sounding. Yeah. There's a bit of panic. Yeah, there's a bit. There's, in classic Doctor Who fashion, there's some running about. Everyone's running about. Yeah. So they hide in the toilets, and this is the first time that they meet Sarah Jane. Yeah. Okay. Maria explains that she'd seen Sarah Jane talking to the alien. And rather than address that, Sarah Jane just tells her to go away. Yeah. Like, Sarah Jane's a difficult one to get on board with, isn't she? Certainly at this stage in the episode, and that's fair enough. And I feel like, I mean, obviously, I am predisposed to liking her as a character because mm. I've I've got that relationship with her formed over watching every episode she's ever appeared in in the classic series. If you don't have all that context I, for her... It, I, I can go on record as saying, yeah. like, I don't really like her as a character. Yeah. Like, the only time I sort of warmed to her was when, in school reunion, she has that reunion with the Doctor, yeah. and yeah. that's quite nice. But prior to knowing he's the Doctor, she's a bit off with everyone. Yeah. In this, she's a bit off with everyone. I feel like one of the arcs of the series going forward is, is her sort of softening up and like accepting her new life and kind of mm. building a life for herself on Earth. Because prior to that, she'd spent decades shutting herself off from other people. Mm. So I think that's... I don't, I don't necessarily think it's bad writing that they've written her this way, but I do think it does... It's a big ask of the audience and I think they're banking a lot on you warming to Maria and for it to be being as much Maria's story yeah as it is Sarah you Jane's know, especially if you were a child watching this yeah and you're expected to have a fondness from a character from the 70s yeah. 80s yeah and you just... know, I, I don't think the intention is there that you are I mean obviously they're pitching this primarily at, at what would have been then hardcore Doctor Who fans of the new series who at the least will have had essentially a backdoor pilot 
mm. in school reunion. So Sarah Jane will, should be in a known quantity to them at that point. I, I think this should be called Kelsey and Company, and it should just be like K9 and Company. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it kind of is going towards it. It seems like, you know, they're forming this little gang. Mm. And that's your hook as a young viewer, I think, is following the adventures of um, of these young kids. And essentially, and thinking about this, this is just coming to me now. Obviously, they, they pitch Sarah Jane as effect, effectively the doctor stand-in for yeah. this yeah. Uh, thing. But specifically, this feels to me like almost a return to 1963 Doctor Who, where the doctor as a character, A, is not the main character, even though his name's in the title, mm -hmm. and B, is kind of unlikable. He's kind of this this mm. kind of crotchety dickhead of a character, and it's really the likability of the companions, the, the, the surrounding characters, that you're banking on to actually carry you through the show. And, and the, the Doctor character, Sarah Jane in this case, is kind of the facilitator of the adventure and the font of wisdom, etc., but not necessarily the most lovable or mm. roots, you know, the person you're rooting so for. That's possibly yeah. because, as Wormwood says, Sarah Jane has Artron radiation. She does, yeah. That's straight up classic reference. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's just using the parlance um, of the classic series. Anyone who travels in the TARDIS, that's like basically part of how the TARDIS operates. So is that. The same radiation we see in Doomsday, that if you wear 3D glasses, you can no. see. Right. No, because that's, that's, that's from travelling in the void. Artron energy is from travelling in the time-space vortex. Right. Which, you know, you, know the, you know the title sequence where we watch the TARDIS like, rushing through this sort yeah. of swirling miasma? That's the time vortex. Right. It's needlessly complicated. <laughs> just, just have one type of weird radiation. It's a long-running show. It, okay. It's going to get complicated. So, the little boy under the sheet tells us he's everyone. Yeah. Um, weird thing to say, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was born only 360 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. So, he has no belly button, so we know he has no organic mother. He kind of reminds me, and I don't, I haven't, I haven't I'm not as well-versed as you in Marvel Comics, um, though I've read lots of names here and there, um, but in terms of the MCU version, he reminds me a lot of the Vision. He's like a dumb version of the Vision. Yeah, I can see that. Because he's kind of like, just come into existence in this sort of weird, um, sort of like pseudo-body. Yes. And is kind of just having to pick things up as we go along. Uh, and he, unfortunately, he lacks the benefit of having, like, Jarvis's um, AI yeah. <laughs> as yeah. a starting point. So, Maria warns Sarah Jane that the tour guide's here to kill her. Yeah. And it's just like a big eye dog monster. Yeah. And... It's quite good when it's on the side of a house. Yeah, no, like, it's all right. It's, it's, it's not the worst CGI. We've it's seen. kind of it's quite a bit cartoony and a bit rubbery. Yeah, uh, in look, but it works. And as again, uh, uh, again, as I say, it feels like something I'd see flipping through a Call of Cthulhu um, hmm. GM's uh, guide. You know, <laughs> it's got that kind of Lovecraftian vibe to it, which you know I'm on board with. Sarah Jane sprays it with something. Yeah, and it turns back into a man. Just handy alien stuff. Yeah, it's, it's like around. 1960s Batman where they yeah. have like the bat alien spray mm. just on hand. Yeah, is uh, it shark repellent? In the, yeah, like, they the, have the shark repellent. Yeah. yeah, I love that. 
I, th- I think I've got, I'm on record on this podcast ready to say Adam West Batman is my favourite Batman. Yeah. For that reason alone, it deserves praise. Yeah. There's a cure for everything. Yeah. So, scared of this monster, Kelsey, who has no social boundaries, yeah. just runs upstairs in Sarah Jane's house, even though Sarah Jane said, don't go upstairs. Yeah, just starts poking a beacon. And there's loads of alien tech, yeah. basically. And a photo of the Doctor. It's quite, quite sweet, isn't it? And it is when Sarah Jane talks about him and basically says, there's no other man for her. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 I think they, they pitch it just right and they give you enough of a sense of the history there without it feeling like the whole episode is kind of subservient to that Yes, it it would be too easy to have the Doctor just appear for the sake of the pilot. Yeah, to hold your hand and, and everything. And I actually hope, I don't know whether the Doctor ever does make an appearance in Sarah Jane Adventures, I kind of hope he doesn't. Mm. I hope we just, from this point on, it's just it's Sarah Jane and her little mates running around having these sort of small scale adventures. Yeah, so I can see that. Yeah. Now we do get an appearance that I've been waiting all episode for. Yeah. Of K nine. Yes. Now I think this is the best reason for not having K nine <laughs> in the episode is he's basically using his ass to stop a black <laughs> hole. Yep. Like, to stop a black uh, hole consuming everything, yeah. K9 has plugged it yeah. with his arse. Yeah. But once Brilliant. in a blue moon, he he, bas- past. he flies past Sarah Jane's space window. <laughs> yeah. And just sort of says hello. A, they and can then, have a little chat, and then he's on his right, way again. Yeah. Right. If you don't want K9 in this episode, yeah. just don't write him in. You don't need to say, oh, yeah, I bet you're wondering where K9 is. Well. Arse in a black hole. The thing is. I was wondering where K9 was, and after this episode, I actually went on Wiki and just had a look. Um, because, as I say, I knew nothing about Sarah Jane Adventures yeah. other than the CBBC show, and it had Sarah Jane in it. And I assumed it would have K9 in it. Apart from this one cameo, it doesn't. He's never. No. And basically, okay, I don't know whether I've ever talked to you about the way, the, the, the tangled web that is Doctor Who copyright. Because I think for, you've mentioned it. For, I don't know whether I've done that on the podcast or not, but basically, short version. So, you know, with Marvel Comics, which we've already talked about, um, with Marvel Comics, when you were hired as a writer for Marvel Comics, even back in the 60s, anything you wrote and any characters you created to, to serve your story within Marvel Comics, they were the property of Marvel. Yeah. That's just how it went. You were a writer for hire. You got your weekly, you know rate for the per pages or however they did it and anything you created for for your comic that you're writing marvel owns wholesale that's not how the contracts worked for writers writing for doctor who back through most of the classic era so everything associated with doctor who is so fucking awkward (laughs) it's it's just an absolute shit stop part of the joy so basically and if you created any particular characters or monsters or anything for you, the episodes you were writing, they were your copyrighted property as a... They were your intellectual property as a writer. So, for example, Terry Nation, creator, creator of the Daleks, he, to this day, the Terry Nation estate owns the concept and the image of the Daleks. And for the BBC to keep using them, they have to, like... They have an, an arrangement, of yeah. an undisclosed arrangement with the Terry Nation estate in order to do that. Um, 
the same is true for K9. I think it's Bob Barker and Dave somebody or other. I forget. Uh, they created K9 for a one-off story. He proved popular. They kept, you know, they kept using it. But they've always retained the rights. And obviously, when I'm sure the question was asked, um, can we use K9 for this series? And they presumably said either pay us X amount and the BBC weren't willing to do that or they were just like, no, we've got other plans. And I know they did have other plans because I don't think I ever mentioned this. There is a critically panned animated series produced for Australian children's TV based around K9. Oh my God. I think it was what, made... Why have we watched Sarah Jane and Torchwood <laughs> when we could be watching K9 and Company and K9 the Animated Series? Don't worry, I've got... It's on the spreadsheet. Right. We, we will get to it. I day. cannot wait to see an animated show about K9 getting his ass out of a black hole. <laughs> I have a feeling it's not going to directly reference the continuity of Sarah Jane Adventures. Sad as that this is, is to say. But I, yeah... I, I, since you told me about K9 and Company, honestly, I must have watched the little <laughs> intro titles 50 times. Easily. Have you unlocked its secrets yet? This is this is such <laughs> a revelation. Yeah. So let's just stop recording and watch that. We'll keep it in our back pocket for now. It's I I I have got plans of when I'm going to slot it in next um, week. <laughs> We've watched two series of Doctor Who. Yeah. We don't need any more. I've got it so TARDIS, <laughs> Doctor, Friend. Easy. Yeah. Australian cartoon K9. That's what oh, you need. Man. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, you know, I've said before, in Doctor Who fandom, even the worst stuff, they'll, it'll have its defenders. That does yeah, not... me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll defend this. Yeah, that it does not hold true for the... Uh, canine cartoon i've never read a good positive opinion I'm, of that show i'm just gonna google and i just want an image is it the canine adventures where yeah. he's like modernized yeah and it's got the catchphrase who's a good dog it looks absolutely shite it, it, it does not it's got 5.4 out of 10 on imdb that seems generous I've not watched it, but already oh, I feel we like will. that seems generous. Oh, we will. <laughs> it's We're described as a series. comedy adventure series. Yeah. Oh, mate. You shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> mid recording. <laughs> but anyway, right. so that's why we've got that little cameo. To basically write K-9 out of the continuity for the remainder of the show. Yeah. Which breaks my heart. Because one of the things that I was most looking forward to was... The only reason we watched this. Fix. Right. But anyway... Using the other alien tech in her like little attic lab, Sarah Jane detects that the bane in the drink is an alien life form. Yeah, I mean, I could have told you that, Sarah Jane. I mean, they've said it about 80 times <laughs> yeah. this episode. It's, it's pretty bloody obvious. But anyway, yeah. So then she summons Mr. Smith. Yeah. It, is this a classic reference? No. It, it, it's just... This is obviously right. just something they've written in for purposes. So of this I series. appreciate they've written out K nine. Yeah. But Mister Smith serves the purpose that K nine definitely would have yes. if he was in this show. Yeah, I think uh, there was probably an original draft of this where, where this was K nine. This was K nine. Yeah. Because he's obviously... basically a giant computer. Yeah. That has all the skills of K nine. Yeah. But can't move around and shoot lasers out of his nose. 
Yeah. So less good than K9 by some measurable distance. So they use this computer, it can just do anything, yeah. apparently, to call Mrs. Wormwood. Yeah. Who triggers the Bane mother. Yeah. And all the people that have drunk Bane become possessed. Yeah. Now, Sarah... This is Doctor Who by numbers at this point, yeah, isn't it? Because the yeah. first thing Sarah Jane and her little gang do is just drive back to the factory. Yeah. They drive, the bus must not be running, it must be Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> but when they get there, they can't work out how to get in. Yeah. So they hijack the bus and just drive it through a wall. Oh, and talking, talking of driving, we haven't discussed Sarah Jane's car. So she's got some like sort of classic. I, you see, the thing is, I, I'm car blind. I yeah. know it's an old car. Yeah. Is this, I, is this a nice classic car, or is it just an old car? It's. I think it is a nice classic car, but it's that avocado green that like bath fittings were made yeah, of in like yeah. the 70s it's kind of gross looking isn't it yeah it's not pleasant <laughs> on the eye but yeah it's okay yeah so once they've driven into the factory yeah the boy is revealed to be a montage of all the people who have been scammed yeah and apparently all the people who scammed are absolute morons yeah because he knows nothing yeah Li- literally. literally nothing and is it ever alluded to why they were making him? Was it just simply they wanted to eat him? I think the... Or am I no, absorbalothing this? No, I think they. there is a line of dialogue and it is a kind of blink and you miss it thing. I think he was their solution to the 2% problem. Right. They were using it as like an experiment to try and pinpoint the genetic right. code of why the Bane pro- product wasn't working on 2% of the human population. Right, but that's not <laughs> it's not made abundantly clear no, in the episode no considering at the end of the episode he's like the main revelation yeah he's kind of the hook for but the series he, yeah. he's not very interesting and he's not well, very purposeful well I mean what can he do he's, he's literally a blank slate character. he's just yeah. this like sack of meat with who knows nothing about human life he's like a, a newborn puppy yeah. Has more innate intelligence than this child. So Anyway. Maria uses her mobile phone to attack the Bane Mother. Then the boy uses his intergalactic phone that Sarah Jane had yeah. in her loft to kill the Bane Mother. Yeah. The factory just explodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, why not? Yeah. And I've just written in my notes, they just celebrate like madmen. <laughs> <laughs> they, go, they go absolutely fucking do lally. Yeah, absolutely. again, and that's that's like this is where in Doctor Who yeah. he would say one cool line of dialogue. Yeah, then walk away with yeah. the flames behind him. Yeah, and staring be... grimly. But yeah, yeah, off to the next adventure. They, they go absolutely. Yeah, again, haywire. I feel like that's that's very much a, a hallmark of it being made for kids TV. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, in the sort of revelation of the episode. Sarah Jane apologises for being a dick to Maria's dad. Yeah. And she just... She just decides she's going to adopt this boy. Now, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate, like, he's nowhere to go. Yeah. But you can't just claim a child. <laughs> like, how, how are they going to get him in the school system? Because 
as an absolute minimum, yeah. they're going to have to ring up and say, oh, I've got a child, I'm electing to homeschool him, yeah. so he doesn't enter the school system. Yeah. And they'll say, who is he? And you'll just go, oh, he hasn't got a name. He <laughs> doesn't have an NHS number. Yeah, doesn't, like, you know, I have no birth certificate. Yeah. I, I found a child. <laughs> there I, would be follow-up questions, This would there? be front-page news. <laughs> like, woman finds mystery, mystery child. child. Yeah. It'd be like that piano man, the autistic guy that just... <laughs> washed up on the beach like you can't you can't just say <laughs> like imagine if i we've talked about it you've got a new a relatively yeah. newborn child yeah. if i just went oh it's mine now like you can't no, do that I, i'd have i'd have words with you about that you know <laughs> <laughs> with a show like this anything set in the doctor who universe we have these red lines where we are willing to accept some very fantastical stuff because it fits the rules of the show. Yeah. We, but, we haven't once questioned a big eye monster climbing yeah. on the side of a house. Yeah. We, but we, the logistics barely... of entering this child into the British school system. <laughs> yeah, because you, you for a show like this to work, you have to feel like it's fundamentally set in a version of our world. Yes. It's a version of our world where more fantastical things are out there in space, but the laws that govern... <laughs> Our country are still basically the same. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I see why it sticks in your craw. Yeah. <laughs> but so, anyway, moving on. They decide they're going to call him Luke. Shit, no. It, Especially the... as um, you won't have picked up on this. Some of the names that um, Sarah Jane suggests. Uh, one was Alistair, which is the first name of Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart. Right. Um, I, I, my question name. was going to be, does yeah. this tie in too? Yes. Um, so, Alistair being one, and then Harry... Uh, which is a reference to Harry Sullivan, who um, was another companion that um, she travelled with, along with uh, the fourth Doctor for <laughs> a spell, um, who was a, I believe, a doctor or a scientist. I think he was just a medical doctor, actually, uh, based at uni. But anyway, yeah, so the references to those characters. I think it would be lovely if they called him Alistair, as a little reference to Lethbridge Stewart. But, um, but no, instead they go for just Luke, which is... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it doesn't bear any relation to anything that's happened in the episode. It's not like a play on anything. Yeah, rubbish. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> like, I just can't wrap my head around the end of this episode. Yeah, but then the episode ends with Sarah Jane giving the same speech about adventure. That yeah, she opened the episode with. Yeah, she talks a little bit about the Doctor. Yeah, the it's end. nice. Okay, so my question for you, uh, rather than the usual good episode, bad episode, yada yada. Does this make you want to watch more Sarah Jane adventures? Yes and no. Okay. I basically want to find out what Luke's deal is. Yeah. But I'll probably just Wikipedia it. <laughs> That's only the quicker you know, option. And I, we, we discussed off air yeah. that season one, episode one is not this episode. It's called something like The Return of the Slovene. Yeah, yeah. No, this is essentially a a standalone pilot kind of a and thing. I think at the time I discovered Sarah Jane's adventure yeah. or rediscovered it. Yeah. I'd probably want to watch that because at that point in my Doctor Who education, Slitheen were like yeah. the reoccurring villain. Yeah. Now I honestly I don't care for this. <laughs> like, <laughs> well no, that's unfair. I yeah. don't think it's terrible, but I don't think I would watch yeah. any more of this. Yeah. Just no, yeah, it, it, fair enough. it didn't do anything for me. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch the rest of it. 
Really? I'm going to give it a, a series. How, how many series are there? I think there's like three or four. Something right. like that. It, it, did, it did all right. And, and people do have nice things to say about it. I mean, obviously, it is pitched at a younger audience. And um, it, it to me, it feels really not a million miles away from a typical RTD set on Earth present day episode mm-hmm. of Doctor Who. And those aren't my favourite episodes of Doctor Who by hmm. any stretch, but I enjoy them well enough. And so, like, this was a, it wasn't like, this didn't bowl me over. Hmm. I had my, my niggles with it. Um, the lack of canine going forwards is, is, yeah, it's leaving a gaping it, hole I, in my I heart. I think as well, maybe but, I'm asking too much of it, but I, I, I've really enjoyed in Doctor Who how everything ties together and this yeah. big picture. Yeah. But this just brings it right back down to yeah. it's basically set in a street and a factory. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it's better than Fear Her. Oh, I mean yeah. if we do, if we do, if we're comparing it to some yeah, of the I've had food of... poisoning more enjoyable than Fear Her. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it's like for me it's like a middle of the road yeah, average Doctor Who episode. And and that's good for me. Like I'm that's com- that's comfort telly for me. Yeah. So I'd probably quite happily at least, you know, casually watch the first series of this and see where it goes. If it hasn't, if I'm not invested on a deeper level by the end of that, I may not go further than that. But I'd give it a series. I I just think the build of Luke as this mysterious child. Couldn't give a shit about Luke. Yeah, but it's like... It's almost hinting at like when we had Bad Wolf, yeah. And it's like, oh, what's going to happen here? Yeah. With Bad Wolf, I was hooked in. Yeah. With this, couldn't give a shit. Yeah. I don't know whether it's going to be like some big mystery. I think with him, it's just going to be like, it's just going to be like him learning how to be a human. That's going to be the the kind of arc for his character, I think. And that could be entertaining. You could have some fish out of water comedy fun mm. with it, and hope. It remains to be seen whether that kid can act because right now he's basically he's playing a blank sheet of paper like that's but that's the character he's been given. So as his character develops, will he develop in interesting ways and become an entertaining character? That all remains to be seen, um, which is why I say I'll give it a series. Okay. See where we are. But I like Maria as a character. I thought she was a fun like central. Like fairly typical, yeah. You know, adventurous young girl kind of thing, and I like that kind of shit. So, yeah, no, I'll give it a series. Right. I'm, I we'll, mean, we'll touch back in when you've watched a series. I mean, yeah, it, that could take a while because obviously, everybody said I'm a new father. Apart from the watching I managed to do for this show, which is mostly on my lunch breaks at work, I what I'm averaging about fifteen minutes of TV a week. Like, I, I get through about half an episode of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> and that's about all I'm managing at the moment per week. So it could be a while. Right. But, um, yeah, yeah, I'm hoping we, to. We can give it a go. check in, say how you're doing. Each sure. Time. Right. Should we move on to Torchwood? Yeah. Let's just rattle through this. Right. Torchwood. From the 22nd of October, 2006. Right. Yeah. Everything so, Changes is the... Name of the episode. Is it? Ship title? Does it really work? Well, I, it's funny you've opted for the word ship there. <laughs> I just want to talk about this. Okay. You have posed Torchwood to me as basically a more adult Doctor Who. 
Well, kind of. It's the adult spin-off set in this universe. Now, I think it is a teenager's perception of what an adult spin-off should be. Yes. In that it's just got loads of swearing in it. Yeah. It's just an episode of Doctor Who where really? everyone swears. Yeah, and as it gets as it goes on, it's not just swearing, it's fucking tits and asses. And it's it's it's, it's that's, so puerile. It stands out as well. Like I, as I was making notes, yeah. I think I've pretty much highlighted every time someone swears because yeah. I'm just like, why? You know, it's like dark, a bit gritty, a bit yeah. noir. It doesn't need every other word to be effing and jeffing. No, it doesn't. And like the first, uh, the first time it happens, and it, I, I, it really is jarring. Um, is when you've got, um, you know, they're out in the rain. You've got this like police murder in the street mm-hmm. set up, and one police guy is you know talking to Gwen who's like our our central character for this episode you know moaning about the Torchwood guys muscling in and saying oh there's no procedure anymore it's a fucking disgrace in this in this strong Welsh accent and it's just the second that 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 F comes out of his mouth it's just like oh oh yeah it's really weird for you it's jarring yeah although even when it's dark yeah Doctor Who is still you know friendly family yeah ride along isn't it absolutely and it's it's some it's it's pitched as something that you can you can cuddle up as a family and watch and it might scare the shit out of your eight-year-old child yeah but you can sort of pat them on the head and say don't worry the doctor will fix it yeah this is this is just grim. Is a, it's not big and it's not clever <laughs> it, yeah absolutely way. it's basic and also i would say as much as we might sort of relate it to doctor who it's basically agents of shield yeah yeah. It's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with unnecessary swearing and gore. Yeah, definitely. So, as you've said, there's a murder scene. Torchwood swoop in. Yeah. The police are asked to move out of the way. It's a fucking disgrace. And the policewoman investigating this sort of moves into a multi-story car park so she can get a better vantage point, see yeah. what Torchwood are up to. Yeah. And, first of all, we get Captain Jack. It's always good to see him. Yeah. One of my favourite characters, I'd say, so far. Yeah. A rambunctious fellow. And he's talking about contraception, saying he's never getting pregnant again. Yeah. So, one of RTD's weird gender-bending jokes. Yeah. And we find out that one of the people... I mean, that's not actually the first time, uh, because there was that reference to the face of Bo being pregnant, wasn't there? Yeah, Um, that's true. In series one, so yeah. With the face of Bo, although he's got, I say he, he's got like a deep voice. Yeah. Because he's so weird, it's yeah. like, I could accept that. You can go with it, but it's weird to picture... A but then, at Captain the same Jack. time, is it ever established that Captain Jack is human? I don't think it is, no. He could just be human-like. Yeah, I think he's... Because there are a lot of um, very budget-saving um, yeah. alien races that look exactly like humans in Doctor Who. So, um, yeah, he could well be one of those. I've never really bothered to check, to be honest. And yeah. one of the members of Torchwood that are weird yeah. has this weird gauntlet that yeah. can raise the dead. Yeah. And it took me a while to work it out, but that's is it Alarius Sand from Game of Thrones? Oh shit it is. It's the Red Vipers. Yeah, I never wife made that connection. But now I'm like, suddenly fir- picturing a face. First, I yeah. saw her and I was just like, I recognise her. Is her hair a different colour or anything? Yeah, but also, despite being younger in this yeah. She's not as glamorous as she is in Game of Thrones. No, so no. So she looks she's quite different. Yes, yeah. 
It no, took I me never. a while to work and it I, out. And also, she's not speaking with a ridiculous Mediterranean accent. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah she, never made that connection. She raises John Tucker from the dead. Oh, yeah, weird. It is weird. It's a weird little moment. Uh, but, but, you know, it's a weird show. And he was stabbed from behind, didn't say who did it. Yeah, and he's just, you just feel, you feel very sorry for this poor chap, don't you? He's just died, just getting used to that, and all of a sudden, back to reality, some stranger bellowing questions in his face. Not just bellowing yeah. questions, but swearing as well. Yeah. A little bit more swearing now. Yeah. And Jack spots this policewoman, yeah. who runs all the way home to her boyfriend. Yeah. And he has a friend called Banana Boat. <laughs> It's just like, oh, I've been out with Banana Boat. Oh, it's obviously a din joke. You see, you don't like this this aspect of RTD's writing, do you? No. Where he just like peppers little bits of inexplicable... I, I really like it as a writing device. It's hard to pull off, but I feel like RTD does pull it off most of the time. Where with very little information, you get more of a sense that these people have a life outside of what you're seeing mm. on screen. And I think that's, it's a hard trick to pull off. And I think he does it really well. And I actually put this scene up as a good example of that. I, with almost no information, like I don't know if I could tell you the name of Gwen's boyfriend, but I feel like I know him as well, a person. It, it's funny, you've said Gwen. Because yeah. I've made a point of not saying that. Because I don't think she's named until 15 minutes into this episode. Yes, you know. I, I pause it and I was just like, oh, so she's Gwen. Yeah, and speaking of Gwen, do you recognise her? I don't think I do. You've definitely seen something else she's been in. Has she been in Doctor Who? She has. The Unquiet Dead. She plays the uh, servant girl. The, the, the one Charles Dickens one. The one that's possessed by the girl? Yeah. And is it the one at the end that blows up and yeah. dies? Yeah, Same actress. And... Um, there is an implication there that maybe she is a descendant of that character because still in Cardiff right, by well, that same rift. Me, me and her have beef then because she's, <laughs> she's not only in Unquite Dead, the worst episode ever, but <laughs> I think she's the first time I acknowledged Bad Wolf. Right. When she's like yeah. reading yeah. Rose's mind. Yeah, I think that is the first direct reference to it in so the show. So. She can get to so. <laughs> So, the next day, she asks for a search on Captain Jack. Yep. Just good use of police time and resources, isn't it? <laughs> She's following a hunch. And then there's more swearing and a riot at the pub. Yeah. Um, I quite like this scene as well because I feel like it's one of... One of the things that I do like is the way that it doesn't attempt to glamorise police work. Yeah. It, this, to me, feels like... Yeah, that is probably the kind of shit a a, a jobbing police pers- uh, uh, policeman would have to deal with if they were on a regular basis. On you know, you know, doing those kinds so of shifts. In so. amongst this riot that she attends, she gets hit. Yeah, it's taken to hospital. Yeah, and is there a reason why she goes to the top floor? She just sort She's of just poking around, isn't yeah, she? Like, yeah, it's weird. I, I don't know. I don't know why she goes up. Anyway, she, does. she goes to the top floor and it's yeah. sealed off. Yeah. And she thinks she sees Captain Jack. Yeah. Now, she needs her eyes tested. <laughs> Captain Jack is notoriously handsome, right? <laughs> I, I've, I've been on record as saying yeah. John Barrowman is beautiful. He's a classically handsome man. And here yeah. we have something that looks 
like the nemesis from Resident <laughs> Evil. It's just this horrendous monster. Yeah. And she keeps saying, oh, take your mask off. Yeah. You know, it's clearly not a mask. Yeah. And also, who, look, with the best will in the world, yes, you might assume it's prosthetics or a mask or something, somebody pissing about. But you, would you not be a bit more confused and and weirded out by the fact that somebody's wandering around in a sealed off corridor in a hospital wearing that kind of a mask? Especially after like a site maintenance worker she yeah. talked to not 30 seconds yeah. ago is then sort of bitten to death. It, yeah. Like Again, in keeping with the adult tone, yeah. a bit of violence. It's a bit over the top, this isn't Yeah, it? the sort of gouts of blood. It's very Tarantino, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, they're not pulling the punch on yeah, this one. Yeah, no, they, they, they are so gleeful about the fact that this is a post-Watershed show. And, uh, yeah, they need to get over it. So, Captain Jack swoops in. Yep. After the site worker's killed. Yeah. He saves, I've just written woman, but we've addressed it, she's Gwen. Gwen, yep. And then drives off. So she chases him for a bit. When she catches up to them, Torch would just disappear. Yeah. And it's at this point I've just written, she called Gwen, we're 15 minutes in. <laughs> so, yeah. She goes home, and her boyfriend has cooked hot pot. Good work. Oh, yeah. Hot pot. Yeah. And she goes torchwood hunting, basically. Yeah. And randomly just goes to a pizza shop and says, Oh, has Captain Jack ordered any pizzas? And they go, No. <laughs> and he goes, Oh, it's Torchwood. Yes. So I don't know. I think that's good police work. That's you know, that's a, a if you can't get a lead on someone, that's a good way to potentially get but, someone's address. But Torchwood at this point haven't ordered a pizza, but she turns up at their door. With pizza. Oh yeah, super. That part of it is dumb. There are better ways to go about that. That, but the the initial thing of being like, look, I'm a police officer. I'm trying to track someone down. Have you got anyone who's order? You know, because you know, mm. that's how pizza shops work. They do keep a database of. And it always freaks me out and makes me slightly sad when I ring my local <laughs> pizza place and they immediately know my address. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but. They it's, just, a, it's a dumb move. It, yeah. To, to so with one of two things is going to happen. Yeah. They're either going to let her in. Yeah. And she's going to rumble them. Yeah. Or they're going to let her in and they're going to rumble her. Yeah. It's it's, she's it's not, not going it to go well. Is she's it? not thought it through. Now in my notes, in big letters, I've written at this point, I'm not certain how she knows Captain Jack's name. She's like hunting him down, but I don't think that's a good question. At um, any point, it's like, uh, like they must they they must have like mentioned it in that first scene or something. But then who's addressing him by his full name? Yeah. I don't well, know. Because I'll have to when, re- when they're God, in, I don't want to rewatch this fucking episode a but third when, time. But now I need to know this. When he arrives, at, or when we see the crime scene. He's yeah. already investigating, so yeah. he didn't walk past and say, I'm Jack Hartness from no. Torchwood. He's just there. It's a fair point. Now, there must be a reference in the dialogue somewhere, but um, I can't I can't place where it would be. Yeah. Maybe maybe you have stumbled onto something there. Right. Yeah. So, Torchwood is in a bunker. Yeah. And at first, nobody acknowledges that Gwen has even arrived, mm-hmm. but it turns out they're just jokingly ignoring her. Yeah. Great banter from yeah. Torchwood here. Yeah. What 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 a bunch of lads, eh? And there's a little bit more swearing. Yeah. 
And there's a random pterodactyl. Yeah. Oh, uh, talking about Game of Thrones actors, have you recognised the the you know the sketchy bloke in Torchwood? Because they've got they got you know we've we've gotten a little glimpses of all the different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 sort of sketchy bloke that we'll we'll get onto some of his antics later in the episode. Yeah. You know the one I'm referring to. Do you recognise that actor? Well, I think he's from Game of Thrones. Now yeah. you've said it, but I don't know who he is. Carl Tanner, the you know the the absolute fucking psychopath that takes over Craster's Keep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who fights with daggers. Yes. And uh, gets one of the best deaths, I think, in that series of Game of Thrones, a uh, sword right through the back of the head from yeah. Jon Snow. Uh, spoilers for Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's the same actor. Yeah. I don't know if he's capable... I think it's just because of his face. I don't think he's capable of not playing a creep. I think that's just... He's just got a creep's face. So, you know. <laughs> High praise. <laughs> I mean, as an actor, you've got to work with what you're given, haven't you? So... So, they have the monster from earlier. It's yeah. called a weevil. Yeah. And they've got it in custody because weevils live in the sewers, but recently they've all started surfacing. Sure. And Jack sort of introduces the Torchwood gang. Yeah. At this moment. Yeah. So... Basically, he's the leader. Yeah. There's like a tech guy. Yeah. There's you know the muscle. Yeah. You know. And one of them is um, her name is Tosh. Yes. Yeah. Do you recognise her? No. You probably won't. But she is. Do you remember the scene in Aliens of London where you've got the sort of autopsy room with the pig creature? Oh yes, 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 yes. And you got the sort of frightened scientist there. Same actor, oh. and so could be canon. It's the same. exactly, exactly right. that, and like a lot of people just head canon in that retrospectively. Obviously, there was no they Fall didn't thought. they didn't know they were making Torchwood back then. But obviously, they they got on well with the actor. They offered her this part, and it and it fits. So yeah, hmm. nice little bit of potential like accidental seeding of Torchwood in that episode. So they then go up a lift to the pavement. There's a perception filter. Yeah. So. People can't see them just sort of coming up. <laughs> Can we and say it, how dumb it looks as oh, well? One hundred percent. The sort of because it's it's too slow. Yeah, it's just too yeah. slow. The way this paving slab slowly rises up, and they just look ridiculous standing. And the there. thing is, they say, "Oh, people will just see us like as something out the corner of their eye." Yeah. Imagine if like you haven't seen it, you're not paying attention. There's yeah. nothing that stops you walking over that space. How many people? Gwen, Gwen makes that exact point. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's one of my. I think it's probably my favourite joke um, in the episode. And that basically, they, they have to make a joke out of it because otherwise, it is a legitimate yeah. <laughs> criticism. Uh, and Captain Jack says, "How Welsh of you! I show you something fantastic. You find fault." Mm. I, it's a good joke, and you know, RTD Welsh writer. And one of the things that they're leaning into is the Welsh Cardiff setting yeah. in this uh, thing. So, yeah, fair dues. But, yeah, no, it's a legitimate point. <laughs> yeah. Like, they must have people falling through every now and then. <laughs> so, Jack and Gwen go for a drink in which they acknowledge Christmas Invasion, Doomsday. Yeah. And whilst they're out, all the Torchwood staff are just nicking alien tech for their yeah. own gains. Yeah. So one of them has, like, a pheromone spray... Uh, yeah, can we? Should we just address it now? Because I feel on. like he's a rapist. Yes, 
Yeah. Th- that character is a rapist. Because what he's got there is some alien spray that just um, assaults someone's senses and just makes them immediately uncontrollably sexually attracted to yeah. to you. Um, and he uses it initially to pick up a woman and then later when her boyfriend starts kicking off, he just sort of shrugs and is like, alright, let's just have both of you and that will stop any arguments. Um, he's a rapist. Yeah. yeah. They are not consenting. No! it's not. I mean, it's not hard. It's not hard and it really bugs me. Because, okay, full disclosure, I've watched half of series one of Torchwood. I gave up. It wasn't for me. I'm, I, people say it gets good. I'm going to give it another go eventually. But it's, it's so, I find it such a slog. Um, and in those following four or five episodes, it is never, like, he's, he's continues to be a bit of a wrong'un, but there is no sense of any lasting consequences for the fact that he is, one presumes, a serial rapist. Mm. Because this isn't the first time, presumably, he's done this. Yeah. It doesn't I, it, sit comfortably, does it? It's deeply troubling. Yeah. Deeply, deeply troubling. Both in and out of universe. I don't care for it. Yeah. It, make, it, I, it makes me quite angry. Because yeah. <laughs> what he, he uses that. Yeah. The girl with the glove uses it to revive a fly. Yeah, d- d- to be fair to her, it's obvious that her motivation is scientific curiosity. Yes. She's in the right job, but she's not being supervised sufficiently to let that, so that's gotten out of hand. But she just wants to understand this alien artifact, which is what she's hired by Torchwood to do. And I, I can't remember, is there a third? There's a third one, which is. I think does Tosh take something to help her, like, read books quicker or something like that? I can't remember. So, Jack explains... Nobody else is doing any raping with alien technology. It's just just Carl Tanner. I forget his actual name. So, Jack explains to Gwen that the London Torchwood is not the only one. Yeah. So, the one we've seen in Doomsday. Yeah. There's... That was Torchwood 1. Yeah. Torchwood 2's in Glasgow. Presumably the one at the site that we saw in yeah. Tooth and Claw. This is Torchwood 3 in Cardiff. Yeah. And then Torchwood 4 is missing. Yeah. So looking forward to solving that. I'm assuming that would be the face of Bo's secret for this season. <laughs> Potentially. I don't know. I don't, think, I don't remember it ever being referenced in other episodes of what I saw of Torchwood. So mm. I think it would just be a bit, just a bit of fun. I might Google that. I might yeah. just Wikipedia it. And if they don't do it in the main show, I'm sure Big Finish will get around yeah. to it eventually. And Torchwood weren't actually solving the murder. They were just testing the power of this glove to yeah. bring people back. Yeah. Then there's a little bit more swearing. Uh, yeah. As in case in this. Yeah. It's just constant swearing. Yeah. And Jack gives Gwen an amnesia pill in her pipe. Yeah, he just roofies her. Basically, yeah. before he starts swearing again, yeah, classy move. So before she goes to bed, Gwen writes up everything she knows about Torchwood. She knows she's going to forget it. Yeah. But whilst this is happening, Torchwood have like a butler servant type character. Oh, is that Ianto? Yes. Yeah, the one who's in a nice suit. Yeah, and yeah, he, he is kind of the Alfred, isn't he? Yeah, he just sort of hacks her computer, deletes yeah. everything. Yeah. 
And then explain this to me. Yeah. Why do we just get shots of Jack just stood on top of <laughs> I wanted to talk about this. Presumably because the director thought it looked cool. But oh my god, it's like a full minute of like drone shots yeah. of him just standing on presu- what is presumably a landmark in Cardiff. Yeah. Just standing and brooding. Am I right in thinking at the end it's like the Cardiff Arts Centre? Yeah, maybe. It's a building we've seen quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's like something out of an anime, isn't it? Just yeah. standing and brooding. With his long coat yeah. blowing in the wind. Yeah. No, it can fuck right off with that shit. Yeah. It just goes on for ages. It really does. It's like a full minute of no dialogue. And, and, and it's not like... It's not like that's the establishing shot and then someone comes up, has a conversation with and says, oh, you're all right, Jack, having a bit of a brood. What's yeah. on your mind? No, no just we like, don't. He's there, then he's not. Right, <laughs> so the next day, Gwen goes to work. Yeah. And she's reminded that she asked for a search on Captain Jack, but yeah. because she's got amnesia, she doesn't remember that. Yeah. And basically nothing comes back. Mm. She's shown a diagram of the knife that was used in the murder at the opening. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's explained why, but she just goes back to the art centre near Torchwood. She's just sort of there. Yeah. She just feels compelled to go there. And Susie, who is the lady with the glove, Alaria Sand. Yeah. I think it's the first time we know her, hear her name. Probably. Possibly after yeah. they're all introduced. And she just pulls a gun on Gwen. Yeah, because it turns out she's been she's the murderer. She's been murdering folk to try and understand the well, why. It doesn't make any sense. Obviously, she wants to find out what this glove does. Yeah, but and presumably she is also a psychopath and doesn't really feel like it's comfortable with taking lives in well, order to further her scientific endeavors. Yeah, she openly says she kills people to practice using yeah. this glove. Yeah, but. Just a leap in logic for me. I didn't really... I think... Okay. I don't think there is any problem with the concept of that being the, the big reveal. Mm-hmm. The problem with it lies in the fact that we don't know enough about this character. We haven't had enough scenes with her to get a sense that she could be a suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and she pl- she plays the character in such an understated way... That you don't get the sense of this, like, like sort of this one, one, um, or something like blinkered scientific mm. um, process where she's kind of dehumanizing her victims because she's just interested in mastering this artifact. Like, if if we had time to to watch that descent into that kind of madness, then I think you you'd buy the solution. Yeah. But there's so much else crammed into this episode because it's a pilot and I have to set up all of this stuff that we don't get time to do that. So it feels like it's just out of the blue. Mm. Um, And then she tops herself, doesn't she? She gets confronted by Jack. Yeah, so she shoots Jack in the head. Oh, yes, yeah. And then shoots herself. Yeah. Jack gets better. Yeah, he's he's not dead anymore. Yeah. (laughs) But I actually, in my notes, I've written what the hell is happening yeah but I actually quite like it because I've forgotten that he's basically immortal 
because yeah. Rose this is saved the, him. I think this is the first time it's established that he's immortal. Yeah. Um, it is. He, he basically yeah. can't die. Yes, because of that resurrection. Because we, we didn't see him at all in series two, did we? No. Of, no. no. So I, yeah. I assumed we would when we get to Torchwood. Yeah, yeah. You, you'd think, wouldn't you? Logic mm. dictates. Yeah. But Doctor Who, not one for logic. Um, so yeah, um, this is our first establishing thing that yeah, Jack's immortal because of, like an after effect of, of Rose's resurrection. So Gwen remembers everything. Yep. And they just dispose of Susie's body. <laughs> like, yeah. Are they going to let her family know? Yeah, exactly. This goes <laughs> back to the issues I had yeah. with Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah. Like people will be filing a missing persons report. I think. Gwen, as a policewoman, has a responsibility. <laughs> To record this. But she's like, nah, I think I'll just work for this shady organisation that's that's shown no compunction to do good for society. Yeah, and how is she going to explain this to her boyfriend? Yeah. Does she leave the house every day in a policewoman's uniform? Yeah. And then just drive to Torchwood? And Maybe. I don't know. This is just lies within lies. Yeah. Because she accepts a job from Jack. Yeah, because he very coldly says there's a vacancy because he's just watched the pre- previous person commits suicide. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. seem at all shaken by that. No. In fact, quite the opposite. Yeah. Because he does his favourite thing and just stands on top of the art centre. <laughs> How does he get up there? I know he's got his invisible ship. Yeah. With, but oh, he's got magic it seems boots. a bit wasteful. If you've got, <laughs> if you've got an invisible ship... Just... I don't think he does have the invisible ship. Doesn't it get blown up? I don't yeah, know, no, it... it gets blown up at the end of uh, Doctor Dancers. Yes, gets, because he's got the bomb, the hasn't he? Yeah, so he, he goes into the, the time. So he doesn't have an invisible ship. Has he just got a big ladder? Maybe. Is <laughs> he like a public <laughs> nuisance? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that's that's basically it, isn't it? That's our yeah. that's our setup. We get the pterodactyl Wait, from earlier flies past. Oh uh, yeah, we haven't really talked about the pterodactyl. To be fair, they don't really on the on the episodes. No, that's all you need joke. to know. There's a pterodactyl. Yeah. So uh, that's it. Yeah. Frustrating is the word I would use to describe the Torchwood pilot. Because I don't think it's terrible. No. There are good elements there. But it it's almost reminiscent of Rose, yeah. the episode, in that it sort of establishes things, but not in the best way. No, it just throws a lot of shit at you. Yeah. And it's just like, come on, keep up. No, we're doing this now. Um, yeah. And you just have to go along with it. Uh, the thing I struggle with with torture, well, there's a few. I struggle with the swearing because it seems so childish and unnecessary. Like I swear, we swear on this podcast, yeah. but I feel like you know there are contexts in which it works and contexts but in which I, it feels. I odd. feel if we swear, we're not pandering to people because we're adults. No, we're just talking the way we would talk yeah, to we're each not, other normally. We're, we're not trying to form an edgy image. No. In the no. way Torchwood is. I, we know that it's not big and it's not clever. It's Which funny now. It can be funny, yeah. Tits. That's <laughs> <laughs> genuinely tickled me. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, so, it's there is that kind of, like, teenagery, as you say. Yeah. Try, like, it's got something to prove. Um, See, rather than saying it's like an adult Doctor Who, I'd almost say it is, like young adult teen drama yeah yeah I mean to be fair it was made for BBC Three mm-hmm. so that maybe clues you in a little bit as to 
yeah. what the target target audience was. Um, other things that annoy me with it, Captain Jack is so much fun on Doctor Who. Yeah. And he's so serious in this. He's like he's, he's got, not Captain Jack. He's got a couple of little half witticisms here and there, but you don't get that fun, flirty. He, he's very carefree. serious. Yeah, you, he suddenly, all of a sudden, he seems to have the weight of the world on his mm. shoulders. Um, I don't know whether that's explained in more detail as the series goes on, but certainly it was one of the things that dragged down the episodes that I've seen of Torchwood because I'm just like, I want my fun Captain Jack back. Yeah. I was excited to see him, and he's yeah. like deflated a bit. Yeah, um, but I suppose he has died, but not for long. Yeah. <laughs> it gets better very quickly, yeah. doesn't he? Um, but maybe it's just that. Maybe it's the burden of being immortal mm. and be like, "Oh, this is just going to keep happening forever." So, if I gave you the option, yeah, okay. You have to sit and watch all of Sarah Jane Adventures or all of Torchwood. Which would you pick? Oh, Sarah Jane Adventures. Really? No doubt. Absolutely. I think I'd go Torchwood. Would you? Yeah. I guess there's more meat to Torchwood. Yeah. But you see, I feel like... <sighs> Sarah Jane Adventures, I feel like I could breeze through. And Because uh, I, I guess I've got the advantage of... these. I have seen a few more episodes of Torchwood... And so far, at least the the five or so I've seen, I don't feel like it gets better. Right. It just it keeps leaning into the grimness and the and there's, there's as I say there's more like this. I think is it like the second episode? It's basically about an alien that possesses this woman and then shags people to death. Right. It's it's that kind of thing where it's just like ooh we can do grown up stuff. So it's like it's all it's all blood sex and alien. sex and swearing and it, i find that so tiresome yeah i can imagine so tiresome because you've got to i mean to be fair that also describes game of thrones but that's got a rip-roaring ongoing story yeah. to, 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 that justifies it in most we cases weirdly for both of them considering how critical i've been of doctor who yeah. i think the best bit of both these shows is the doctor who stuff I don't like the overly childish bits yeah. in Sarah Jane. I don't like the attempted grown-up yeah. dark bits of torture. It's almost as though Doctor Who is a good show that's found It's like the a right good balance. middle ground, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, eventually I'm going to watch it all. Mm. I just, I, I feel that that's in my future, whether I like it or not. I'm going to end up just powering through it probably years from now mm -hmm. but yeah if if you had the choice right now i'd definitely go sarah jane adventures over torchwood okay. so what about you so you you reckon i think i've got torchwood yeah. yeah yeah i just think people do say it gets really good and specifically i think that the, the series three and four rather than being standalone adventures that's like an ongoing right serialized story which i think might be quite interesting a series three in particular, everybody raves about. Right. It's a, it's a it's like a sort of story called Children of Earth. People say it's really good. Peter, I know Peter Capaldi plays a character in it. Right. And you know, brilliant actor, good value for money I there. Don't know. I might look into it. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway.
Anyway, I don't want to really end on a downer. Um, no, no, no. But this has been fun. It has been an interesting sort yeah. of little diversion to see what what can be done within this universe. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this, uh, listeners. It's not been too, you know too much of a diversion for you. And next week we've got one more little diversion before we get back on track with, uh, with the Tenant era. <laughs> and that is um, the second Doctor story, Tomb of the Cybermen. Right. So if you've never watched that, give it give it a whirl, guys, because it's I think it's fun, um, and we'll see what Matt makes of it next week. Mm-hmm. So until then, thanks very much for listening, and cheerio. Bye now. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.